Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and I got to admit, I feel a little bit like Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off because I didn't think I was going to see anything great on Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, you're such a wonderful crowd. We'd like to play a little tune for you. It's one of my personal favorites. But I'd like to dedicate it to a young man who doesn't think he's seen anything good today. Cameron Fry, this one's for you. And in reality, there was a lot of great data that we got. And I, I thought it was going to be nothing. I thought we were going to see like a consumer credit report. That was like one of the only things that was going to be of value. And man, oh man, I did not appreciate how much good stuff was going to be happening on Monday. So let's start with, I think, probably one of the biggest reports. And that was from Black Knight. They were looking at tappable equity. So in case you're wondering, what is tap- tappable equity? Well, that is essentially the amount of equity that you can take out of your home. So you have a mortgage. Um, or maybe you don't have a mortgage and you need to get one. So you can't go 100%. So you can't get 100% of what is in your house. I mean, you could sell it, but then you won't own the home anymore. But let's say you want to own the home and take some money out of the house. You can only go up to 80% of value. And so Black Knight is looking at if every homeowner were to do that, or they wouldn't have to do that, but how much money is actually available out there? And well, according to Black Knight, To end 2021, there was almost $10 trillion in tappable equity. In fact, it jumped $2.6 trillion to reach $9.9 trillion. Just going to throw this out there that more than likely, based on what we're seeing in that in today's housing market, we will probably probably already have reached a ten trillion dollars. Just throwing that out there. So the thirty-five percent growth rate is more than double the one point one trillion increase reported in twenty twenty. So the the fastest growth rate ever we saw was in twenty twenty, and then <laughs> now that was eclipsed by twenty twenty one. Now, of course, this. It matters because home prices are much more, and so there's much more money out there. So that's why the sort of uh, dollar amount is getting bigger and bigger because homes are getting more and more expensive. So the average homeowner, in case you're wondering, now has $185,000 available in their home that they could tap if necessary. That is an increase from 48000 a year ago. I mean, that's that's more than a 100% increase. That is pretty impressive. So after cooling in late summer and early fall, the Black Knight Home Price Index showed prices re-accelerating at the end of 2021. If you've been listening to this podcast, which hopefully a lot of you have been, and if you haven't been, well, we've talked about this. This is thanks to Altos Research, who does weekly reports One of the big things they look at, of course, home prices and inventory, which are correlated, and they have shown inventory just fall off a cliff. They have predicted bidding wars. They have predicted the spring buying season starting early, and this is now all coming to fruition, and more and more reports are going to show that. And in fact, the average home increased in value, according to this Black Knight report, by 0.84% in December, the largest growth of any December on record. Austin, Texas, in case you're wondering, had the highest annual growth rate at 37.1%. They actually beat Phoenix, Arizona, who's usually on the top of most of these lists at 32.1%. And then Raleigh, North Carolina at number three with just 
30% annual home price appreciation. Just 30%. That's crazy. The top three markets all above 30%. Now, as I mentioned, rising rates along with home prices are unfortunately increasing the cost of homeownership for much of the country. So basically, principal and interest on an average home reached an all-time high of $1,454. That is a 32% jump from one year ago, which makes sense because we're seeing home prices go up, but also now interest rates are moving up. That's why that number is higher than the overall home price appreciation rate. Now, it takes 25.8% of the median household to purchase a home that is up from 22.4% in the third quarter of 2021. And that's why we've talked about what's happening with home affordability. And of course, the rental markets are also now catching fire. And one of the reasons people are getting priced out of buying a home. That's the downside. As we have mentioned many a times here on this podcast and will continue to mention, far too often home price appreciation is looked at as always a positive thing in the economy when really it's kind of zero sum. It's great for homeowners. It's bad for wannabe homeowners. And so it's it's good. Like I said, it's good if you're a homeowner and it helps you pass on wealth to your children. And there are plenty of benefits to it in the economy, but there are also the downsides, which is that families are not allowed to then buy a home and then pass that on. So it's kind of zero sum when you look at it. Uh, rising rates have also significantly lowered the amount of eligible refinance candidates from 19 million one year ago to now less than 6 million today. Now, it's still interesting that even with rates continuing to inch towards 4%, we're still hearing that 6 million people could benefit from a refi. So there's still a lot of people out there who would benefit from a refi. You'd think that number would be zero the way it gets talked about in the press. Uh, Inventory-like prices, unfortunately, are trending in the opposite direction from projections just a few months ago. The shortage of active listings fell to negative 60%. And what I mean by that is they sort of look at it as sort of zero is like, you know, perfect inventory. So perfect amount of buyers and sellers. And we've gone negative because of where inventory levels are. So we've dropped to negative 60. We were at negative 55. Now, before that, we, I think we were uh, earlier in the summer of last year, I think it was, it was negative 63. So we started trending in the right direction, but now we're going back once again to lower inventory. The U.S. housing market currently faces a 50, or excuse me, a 500 to 750,000 active listing deficit compared to the 2017-2019 December inventory levels. And as we've talked about here before, those numbers were depressed. They We should have seen more inventory then. We've been underbuilding for decades, the theory goes. So the fact that we're underbuilt from a time when we were underbuilt highlights how underbuilt we actually are with regards to the economy. So what does this all add up to? Well, it adds up to people who are looking to buy a home. They're not very happy. As I mentioned, home prices skyrocketing. Great if you're a homeowner. Not so good if you're someone that's looking to buy a home. And a new report from Fannie Mae looks at home buyer sentiment and it continues to plummet. 
Like I said, it's not surprising. As prices continue to rise, those who think now is a good time to buy continues to fall. This according to the monthly Fannie Mae Home Purchase Sentiment Index, which fell in January 2.4 points to 71.8. The index is now down 5.9 points year over year and is at the lowest level since May 2020, which is not good because remember, in May 2020, everyone still thought the housing market might crash. So no one wanted to buy a home. And then things kind of really started taking off. And then everyone's like, oh, yes, now's a good time to buy a home. You know, borrowing's cheap and there's homes available. Let's go out and buy. And uh, we've slowly kind of increased since then. And now we are back to May 2020 levels. And here is the big stat. Only 25% of respondents thought it was a good time to buy which is the lowest level in survey history. Now, with regards to selling, 69% of respondents said it was a good time to do so. And I mean, in all honesty, what are that 31% waiting for? <laughs> like, who's like, I get the 69, but there's still 31% of people that don't think it's a good time to sell their home. What, what do they think is going to happen? I mean, they must be in a market that's just not, on fire obviously most markets are not all but i guess that's where that's coming from because where are these people who are like nah i'm gonna wait it out i'm gonna wait there's like no inventory bidding wars in january and people are like nah i think i'm gonna ride this one out wait for the next bump (laughs) okay now this is a net negative 45 percent which is down five points from december and down 60 points year over year. So kind of a big change there. Doug Duncan, Fannie Mae Senior Vice President and Chief Economist said the pessimism is widespread among wannabe home buyers, but for younger ones, even more so, saying, quote, younger consumers, more so than any other group, expect home prices to rise even further. And they also reported a greater sense of macroeconomic pessimism. Additionally, while the younger respondents are typically the most optimistic about their future finances, this month their sense of optimism around their personal financial situation declined. When it came to mortgage rates, 58% of respondents believe rates were going to rise. Surprised it's not higher. <laughs> I mean, only 58%? They're never paying attention? Rate hikes? Come on, man. Uh, and only 4% thought that they would fall. There's Okay. And uh, we might as well end with some good news. 78% of respondents were not concerned about losing their job, highlighting the strength of the labor market. And I will say young consumers are right. There was a report that we saw, I think, at the end of January from Zillow, who originally had said they thought home prices would increase year over year 11%, which is one of the higher projections. They've now increased that to 16%. So a lot of people who thought, once again, that we were going to see some cooling at this point in the economy with regards to the housing market, it hasn't happened because inventory levels just fell off a cliff more so than people were predicting. They thought by now we'd see some cooling and it's just not there. So like I said, it's it's kind of this like zero-sum game with homes where home prices go up. Great if you're a homeowner and they all this tappable equity But the people who are looking to buy, it's now maybe unaffordable or it's going to cost them more now. And those people aren't happy. And so that's why you're seeing wannabe homebuyer sentiment and people saying, is it a good time to buy at record 
lows. And speaking of buying a home, there was a good piece over at the Wall Street Journal by Nicole Friedman, who wrote, the dream of homeownership has grown more out of reach for middle-class Americans during the pandemic. At the end of 2019, there was one available listing that was affordable for every 24 households in the $75 to $100,000 income bracket. However, by December of the last year, the figure was one listing for every 65 households. That's quite the drop. Compounding the problem is rising rents. Skylar Olson, principal economist at a mortgage finance startup, Tomo Networks, told the journal this could hurt families who are trying to save for a down payment, saying, quote, it's hard when both options are eroding and affordability so quickly. That will just make your future wealth building even harder. And so this growth in home price has been great for a lot of people for a while now. But as I mentioned on Monday's podcast, you are starting to see some economists show signs of worry that that these rapid home prices or increases, I should say, are now having more of a negative impact on the economy. Maybe not yet, but it's going to slowly make its way through and you're going to you're pricing out more and more people and that cool down they were expecting that would help keep more people you know, able to buy didn't happen. And so once again, no one's raising the alarm flags. No one's raising the red flags, but they are saying, well, we're a little concerned that we haven't started to see this slowdown. And I think that's why you're seeing some of these articles that are saying, oh, here are some of the problems that we're seeing. People hedging their bets a little bit. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot going on today. So here I was thinking nothing was going to be happening on Monday. And there was a lot that happened on Monday. That's, that's what I get for trying to make projections about, about uh, data. Usually it's pretty clear. You know, you got these government data reports coming out. We know when they're coming out and boom. A lot of great reports. And one of them was government for Fannie Mae. I mean, they're, you know, they're technically owned by the government. So I should have known that. I will pay better, closer attention next time. But we got to go. Look at the time. There we go. We got to go. Look, I'm paying attention to the time. Uh, You guys enjoy your Tuesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.